Coming to you today from our KRK Marine and Power Sports Studio, 740 The Fan, the fifth largest daytime signal in the country. Very nice to have you on board. KRK Marine and Power Sports providing complete service for boats, ATVs, side-by-sides, personal watercraft, you name it, you got it. Even in the winter of the snowmobile, you can jump on that snowmobile, get it all fixed up, and, and drive to Dick Bremer's house, and then he'll take you out for a Bremer burger, which makes us hungry during the noon hour. Here he is, the one, the only, Dick Bremer, the twins of 1405. Everything is right with the world. We think, right, Dick? Good afternoon. How are you doing, Dick? Team is winning. I know that. <laughs> they're winning. They, they're winning. This is, you know, Rocco, Derek and I were just chatting about this. You know, Rocco was saying, you know, let this calendar turn. April into May, we get down to some normalcy. We're, we're through a little. We're past some of that stuff that, that was happening when they were out west. And, and, and maybe there's something to that, Dick Bremer. Well, I uh, did an interview with Rocco a couple days ago, an extended interview, and I asked him about the disruption. Uh, let's start with the first one of having all the day games, losing a game because of a you know, police-involved shooting, uh, then the COVID outbreak, and it was one thing after another, and it really kept this team from getting into any kind of routine. And I think it impacted the hitters a lot more than it did the pitchers. And I think now we're seeing the benefit of these guys getting into a routine. Uh, they got some guys that are really hitting the ball hard right now. And, uh, and I think all it took simply was to be able to, uh, as simple as it sounds, just have batting practice and work on some things outside. And uh, I think this lineup's going to be just fine. And I think we've seen that over the last four or five games. Yeah, it's really, I mean, two guys that stick out for me, because we've talked about Byron Buxton a lot, but then to add – uh, Donaldson being back to 100%, knowing this is the reason that they wanted to bring him into the fold in 2020. And then, of course, Kirilov. I mean, those two bats right now, mm. it has really rounded out this lineup nice. And we're starting to see, I think, I hope, uh, find his swing. Uh, we're going to get Sano back maybe as soon as tonight. I don't know. Uh, that uh, has always been with him a, a longer term uh, vision in terms of getting him where he needs to be. But, uh, you know, this is a lineup that with these guys, uh, the core group uh, that you've mentioned and I've mentioned, they they set the record for home runs and, and runs scored in, in Twins history, and uh, that can happen again. We've seen Mitch Garver look like he's starting to snap out of a bit of a funk. So, you know, maybe it's a combination of things, having the batting practice, uh, having more moderate weather, uh, just getting some more at bats in, you know, we're seeing across baseball some really, really good hitters that have been struggling this year. So let's not kid ourselves into thinking it's just uh, you know twins hitters. What does a uh, a feel good Miguel Sano barreling up ball after ball, laying off some of the stuff away from the zone? You know that what is that if if that can happen uh, for the for the rest of this season, Dick, or a majority of it? What does that do for the Minnesota Twins from this point forward? Well, it takes them to an even higher level. We've seen it happen with Byron Buxton, right? I mean, Byron was very strikeout prone, uh, injury prone. Now Byron brings uh, you know the great defense that Miguel uh, hasn't brought yet, but if Sano can figure it out, then this lineup gets even longer. Uh, you know, when, a couple years ago when we enjoyed watching the 307 home runs and and you know the the games where they hit eight home runs, one of the joys was it wasn't just Nelson Cruz and Eddie Rosario. It was one through nine. Wherever an inning started, you felt pretty good 
about the chances of the Twins scoring runs that inning. Well, clearly that wasn't the case at the start of the year when a couple of guys just seemed absolutely lost. But if Sano can come back and and find what he has found sporadically in his career, this lineup is going to be very, very dangerous. You think uh, some of the breaks too? You mentioned as we turn the calendar to May have been because last night they got some breaks, right? I mean, it looked like, and I think in the Kansas City uh, series there's some bad news Bears played uh, type of plays with the Royals that the Twins were doing back in April, and that's really nice to see. And now that they have the offense going, every run means so much, and certainly that was the case with Polanco last night. Yeah, you uh, you know it's it's nice to be reminded from time to time that the other guys make mistakes too. Uh, you know, uh, David Dahl out in left field seemed really, really slow on a couple of balls that were hit to the gap. And uh, that ended up, you know, the Twins profited from that, got some run scoring because of it. And so, you know, you it, the other guys make mistakes. Uh, and if you keep after it, and I know it's really tiresome to hear it when the team isn't going well, but if you just keep after it, keep the same work ethic, and, and, you know, sometimes the line drives are caught. Sometimes uh, they're not caught. You've just got to keep after it and understand that it's a long, long season and things tend to go in cycles. Dick, you have such a great feel for the game and anybody watching last night heard Dick, you know, on that Polanco double late in the game and, and I think some of the tune of we'll see if that plays a factor in this game uh, with that extra run. <laughs> lo, and be, <laughs> lo and behold, night then it comes up like that. Dick nailed it again because that did play a factor in that game. Dick, when you're getting a feel, do you have a good feel? Do you, do you have a, a feel yet? I think I asked you this maybe one of the first times we chatted this year on this, but are, are you starting to get a feel yet on what it's going to take for this particular team uh, two secure victories, or is that is there a hint of doubt there yet? Uh, you know, and obviously the season's not that deep, Dick. Yeah, I think the biggest concern I have is the bullpen, and I think uh, Twins fans share that concern as well. Uh, it's no fun. Now Taylor Rogers gave up his first earned runs last night. He's been good. Hansel Robles has been pretty good, but uh, they had Brandon Waddell out there last night uh, in the eighth inning, and he gave up a three-run home run. Well. That was a spot that you know the Twins imagined either Robles or Alexander Colomay would, would pitch. Now, they, they were leading 5 nothing at the time, uh, but those were three runs that started a comeback that almost caught the Twins. Uh, so there are some bullpen issues that I'd like to see uh, get resolved. I don't know, frankly, whether they can get resolved internally, but, you know, Kenta Maeda last night was, what, five and a third innings of shutout ball. That's half the game, right? I mean, that's the right. way the game is played these days. You've got to have a reliable bullpen. Uh, things are tightening up, uh, at least among the top four teams in the American League Central. The White Sox have had some bullpen issues. The team that emerges and the team that's going to win the division uh, is the team that will have its, uh, the best bullpen of the group. And right now, that might be the Cleveland Indians. Um, that's true. Yeah, it wasn't an easy thing for Kenta either. <laughs> Ninety four pitches. Yeah, by the way, he got it? through some uh, tough innings. And you bring that into that the start. We talked about the bullpen, but the starters. You know, hopefully Pineda can get healthy. That's a scary situation. You know, Shoemaker hasn't been great. They send down Dominic. I mean, this is going to be Dominic. It's going to be kind of interesting to see how this all plays out with the starters. Well, at the start of the year, I, I think you know the, the the smart baseball fan would say, "Look, my team, whichever team it is." The, the Padres, the Twins, whatever. My team is going to have at least 10 
different starting pitchers because even the, the, the workhorses last year, the Maedas, pitched 66 innings. And particularly for the pitchers who are, who are younger, emerging their prime, maybe they're signed to long-term contracts, organizations are going to be very, very careful with those guys, even you know, doing anything beyond doubling the workload. So uh, that you know, the rotation is flexible, shall we say, and Dobnak may come back as a starter. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I think we'll see that all summer long. I think there's going to be a lot of fluidity, if you will, in every team's starting rotation. Dick Bramer joining us today and uh, talking Twins, Twins and Rangers again. Twins and Rangers got a nice, uh, thick, healthy four-gamer that, that they're involved in here, and it really is about winning series, Dick, and you know, going back to the weekend, too. Eh, nice weekend, a uh, nice weekend series win for the Minnesota Twins. Good way to start out with a, with a, a series opening game win against Texas Rangers. And I'm going to get back to Polanco, too. There's something to be said about just feeling healthy. And, and, I, and it looks like Jorge is is feeling good, Dick, and when you're feeling pretty good and all the parts are working, even you know ankles and everything up, you know, especially guys that swing from both sides of the plate and you're feeling comfortable both sides, you know, guys like him are, are just difference makers, aren't they, Dick? Yeah, I, I think the biggest concern for Jorge, uh, for Twins fans uh, regarding Jorge, isn't so much the hitting. I think they think they've seen him hit. They know he can hit. But, you know, there have been some, some rough edges at second base, and I don't think it has – uh, much to do with the position change as just getting out there every day and, and playing and, and getting into, uh, you know, a defensive rhythm, if you will. Uh, last night, you know, he's chasing this pop-up. It should have been a big out in the ninth inning, uh, and he got there, but he didn't catch it. And then, wouldn't you know, Gallo hits the home run, and we're all, uh, including those of us in the broadcast booth, sitting on the edge of our seats. So, uh, you know, I, I'd like to see Jorge play tighter in the field because I think I know uh, we all know that that he can hit, so I, I don't think there should be too much concern about that. But you're right; you're you're going to play better if you're healthy, and so far he looks like a much healthier ball player. And of course, the guy who played a lot of second last uh, year, Arise, a little scary situation for him. Have we had any word on him? Because you know he's just a big part of this you know team right now, both offensively and defensively. Yeah, he's such a good fit for this team in the leadoff spot because his on base percentage is so high. And he has a collision last night, and then apparently later in the day was experiencing some concussion-like symptoms. It uh, doesn't mean he's not going to be in the lineup tonight. He might be, but they have to check him out first and make sure that he's okay. And if they do feel that he needs some time on the concussion protocol list, that might be the trigger that gets uh, Sano activated because he looks like he's ready to go. That's really, I was, it's a great get right there because Luis Arise is also one of those impact guys for the, the Minnesota Twins. We never let Dick leave without you know something a little bit off kilt. I'm going to talk about press boxes, uh, media foods, vantage point, Dick, when you've been able to, to travel. Let's go back. I know we're living in different times now where hopefully you get back and, and get all these. But when you look back over your years, as it pertains to, let me go back again because it's the noon hour, media food, vantage point for where you call a game, general fun, friends you've met along the time. What stadium is it, Dick, that you said, whew, can't wait, we're heading to such and such ballpark? What is it for Dick? And yeah. even throw a couple out there. Yeah, well, Chicago, Kansas City are, are great uh, places to visit because the people that we connect with there are, are so nice. And that's really what I miss more than anything else uh, in, in being largely disconnected with the team. Uh, it's the people that I work with in Kansas City, in Texas, 
and, and pretty much everywhere we go. Um, you know, I was relating to it just yesterday with Justin Morneau about, you know, he has said, you know, he misses the clubhouse guys and all that from his playing days. Well, we, we, we network too in this business with our stage managers, our camera people, people like that. And we haven't been around those people. We haven't been around the players because we're not uh, traveling with them. So it'll be nice when we can get back to that. But, oh, Seattle's nice. Mm. You know, I've, one of the things that's really changed, guys, is everywhere except Wrigley Field and Fenway Park has replaced or completely redone its ballpark. So the working conditions for people who do what I do have really improved over the last uh, 38 years. Yeah. Well, you know, 2018 when you're in Wrigley Field, that old press box wasn't good because it was 105 degrees in the shade because I know I was there. That was uh, brutal. <laughs> oh, that's right. You were there oh, a couple heavens. years back. Yeah, I got to ask you, the one thing I do mess, miss about the Measurdome is Peg's hot dogs and pretzels. That's the one thing. <laughs> that's the only <laughs> thing I miss about it because Peg, she was a gem. We, we lost her a couple of years ago, but she made uh, great pretzels and hot dogs there for us. That's very inside baseball. Speaking of which yep. – uh, speaking of which, Derek and Dick, uh, this date, today, 1984, I saw this, Dave Kingman hit a fly ball that got stuck in the ceiling of the Metrodome. Oh, wow. There's a history date for you today, Dick. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't broadcasting that game, but I was, I was no, I was, I was broadcasting I, that game, uh, and um, um, I remember the event, I remember uh, it happening, but what I remember more uh, vividly than that is the Twins are trying to have some some fun with it. For one thing, Kingman got credited for a double, which I never understood, right? <laughs> because John Castino and I think Houston Jimenez were the middle infielders, and, and they were waiting for the ball to come down. It just never came down, and so they gave him a double, and I don't understand why. But the next day, the Twins went up. There, you know, there were like different levels of the, the fabric roof at the Metrodome. The Twins went up inside found the baseball and wanted to have a little ceremony dropping the ball back down through the ventilation hole. Oh my God. Herbeck was the first baseman on that Saturday night. And uh, the first baseman on Sunday afternoon was Mickey Hatcher. So they dropped the ball through the ventilation hole and as, with no spin on it. So as it is descending, it is knuckling and, you know, from pretty, a tall height, right? <laughs> and Mickey is staggering underneath it. He doesn't catch it uh, with his glove, but it caught him on the bounce off the turf. And let's just say he got hit by the bounce where no man wants to get. Oh hit. no! <laughs> of course, Dick has a great story about that. Oh, <laughs> that's incredible. Oh, that wow. would be painful, man. Yes. Yeah, we, I guess yes, we can close yes. with this. You mentioned this last night. I got to mention this, and Jack can relate to this being at, you know, you talk about nice little ballparks that have popped up all over the country, and you mentioned minor league baseball back. I mean, that is, oh. you, know, you know, you talk about really helping out these major league clubs, too, to bring up guys who are actually playing games. That's going to be a huge thing to start now. Well, for the players, and uh, I thought Justin brought up a good point last night when we discussed it. It's one thing if you're Trevor Larnick and you're or Royce Lewis, who's hurt now, but you're going to get your shot to play, right? Because you're a top draft pick. You're really good. You, you'll make it to the major leagues. It's just delayed. But for so many of the lesser players, you know, they needed a year of development, and they lost it. And how it will affect those guys uh, can only be measured well, you know, well down the road. But for the communities as well that rely on the – economic impact of minor league baseball 
this is a great day for baseball, guys. It really is because one of the worst parts of this on the sports side for me was you know not having minor league baseball last year, and and the effects of that I think are going to be felt for many years to come. Yeah, well put. I'm glad you got that in, Derek, uh, with Dick too, and I think the Saints are at Omaha, I believe, uh, tonight. I text Sean Aronson said, uh, Sean, buddy. Go out there and keep just do what you do and have a little fun. And he just said, I, Sean, in fact, texts back Dick, and he said, this feels like the first time I've ever done a game. I have that feeling yeah, that you've been waiting, yeah. so you can appreciate that, certainly. Great story. I was going to ask about protective cups, Dick, but we'll save that <laughs> until <laughs> we'll save that until next time. He is the hey, one and only, the legendary. Yes, sir. Go ahead, Dick. I saw I saw that, and I, from that point forward, I wear one in the, in the broadcast booth. I'm not taking any chance. <laughs> oh, the that legendary, might be TMI here. The legendary Dick Maver. Yeah, he's the best. Thank you, Dick. We'll t- have a good call tonight. We'll talk to you next time, buddy. You got it, guys. Dave Kingman. Remember that, Derek? 1984. Today's the day. Of I do. course, Dick was doing the game. That's why I brought it up. And I thought, I'm pretty sure he was broadcasting that, and he was. And I, I think of two things when I think of Dave Kingman is that, and I think of Tommy Lasorda going off. <laughs> That's right. And we can't air that on the radio. Oh, my goodness. I mentioned earlier, I, it was kind of a tease. I said, uh, you know, I don't, think, I don't know if there's been a college that has hired a coach, maybe uh, with this strong of a resume in the history of collegiate sports in the state of North Dakota to college. Maybe, maybe not. We'll discuss it because Jamestown may have just done that. Their athletic director, Sean Johnson, joining us next on the Jack Michael Show on 740 The Fan.